This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, we'll start in Ephesians 2 and then we'll go to Romans 10. Ephesians 2, we've been talking about the foundations of faith. And so we go to Ephesians 2. And, and I believe this with all my heart, is God's desire for every one of us in here is that we learn to live by faith. But when we have the thought or we think it's impossible for us to have faith, then I can challenge God's justice. But if God places the means within every one of us whereby we can, when we can produce faith, then the responsibility rests on us. I can't blame God for not having faith. It's not his fault. It's mine. And so when you look at the Bible, and that's part of the goal tonight, to teach us some things about faith, how I get faith and what I do with faith. So we begin, Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. Now, grace describes the, the undeserved kindness by which salvation is given to every one of us. Woo, amazing grace. What a truth in that song. By grace you've been saved, keep reading, through faith. Now that statement right there where it says through faith, it cross-references to Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. Mark eleven twenty-two says this, have the God kind of faith. So part of salvation is through faith. And so when I see this right here, have the God kind of faith, the Lord Jesus then in, in Matthew eleven twenty three 23, he says this pertaining to faith. Whosoever will say, be, or speak to the mountain, whoever will say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and not doubt in his heart, but he believes those things he saith, he will have whatever he says. So immediately I see right there that when he talks about this in verse 8 and he says, Through faith you've been saved, that or not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Then faith pertains not also to, to what I believe, but what I speak out of my mouth. Even in the area of salvation. So I look at the two ingredients in this verse right here that tells us about how me and you can be saved. Grace is God's job. That's who God is. He's a God of grace. But when it comes to faith, that's up to me what I choose to believe. That's why it's so important to get into the Word of God. Man, I, I've got to learn to get into the Word of God. And, and part of my prayer is for every one of us in here is that we have an appetite for the Word of God. Now, to look at this further in a biblical way, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Ooh, I don't know about you, I love the grace of God. Thank God for His grace. You know, one of the definitions of grace is undeserved favor. Ooh, that's a, that's a capitalize in my life. I thank God for His grace. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The Word of God or the Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So again, when I see this right here in, in verse 8, 
It's speaking with our lips what our hearts receive and, and believe the many promises in the Word of God. I get over and I begin to look at the Word of God and realize those are promises written to every one of us. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now again, when it talks about the confessing of our mouth, it reveals here the importance and power of faith's confession. And when I see the word confess, it means a, a binding public declaration. I am to speak that out of my mouth publicly. And so he says that we are to confess with our mouth, what? The Lord Jesus. So I would say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I believe you're the Christ. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God. Then he gets in the next part and he says that you believe in your heart. That word believe means to trust in, to have faith in, to be fully convinced. And so what happens is when I see the word of God, it causes me to begin to trust what it says. But with the trust, it brings an obedience. Man, I want to obey God. I want to obey the word of God. So again, when we looked at verse number 9, he said, We confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You would be saved. So now we see that oral confession, it declares and it confirms what I believe in my heart. Look at verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, when I read this right here in verse 10, the part he says we believe with the mouth, we confess with the mouth, and we believe with the heart. This is the exact same way that God continues working in our lives. That's just not for salvation. That's where I begin to get a hold of the word of God. And I begin to speak the word out of my mouth over and over and over. So now I look at verse 8, 9, and 10. And here's the question for you then. Who can be saved? Well, let's look what the Word of God says. Look at verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now note in there, it didn't say whoever's perfect can call on the name of the Lord. It didn't say those who've, who've never made a mistake can call on the Lord. It didn't say anything like that. It says Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Now I know people that oftentimes will say this. Well, I'm going to come to Jesus and I'm going to start serving the Lord when I get my life together. When I get my stuff together, I'm going to start serving God. Well, if you could do that on your own, you wouldn't need God. You wouldn't need the Lord Jesus. And so when we receive Jesus and we confess, Jesus receives you just as you are, okay? You're not a surprise or a mystery. God's the one who can fix you. Actually, he's the only one that can fix you. So I don't care how old you are. I don't care how bad you think you are. And I know people that will say this. Oh, you don't, you don't know how bad I've been in my life. I may not know how bad you are, but Jesus does. And it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hang on to that verse. Grab a hold of that verse. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So people do not come to saving faith unless they read their Bible on their own or they hear some man or woman preach the word of God to them. So he goes on to say this in verse 17. Now watch this. So then faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what happens when we begin to hear the word of God? The Holy Spirit takes the word of God and he causes an awakening, a response in us that's based on faith. When we hear the word of God, man, the Holy Spirit begins to go to work on you. And so here's the deal with every one of us. I got to hear the word. And I got to continue to hear. And I got to continue to hear. So when I look at this verse right here, Romans 10, 17, God tells us the means and by which way every one of us in this room can have faith. You start overloading on the word of God. You start feeding on the word of God. You feed your faith and starve your doubts. What will happen? Now what I want to do for a couple more minutes in this. I want to take you on just a little bit of journey tonight. On the areas of faith. And I'm going to highlight two of them tonight. And I believe with all my heart. That God's word here will work for every one of us. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. The book of Acts chapter 10. I can tell you, I'm, I'm like a little kid at a candy store on Wednesdays all day. I, I get so, so blessed inside. I get tickled on the inside because I realize the goodness of God. And so I, I was excited today. When I begin to read these passages, ooh, it's, this, this is good. This will help every one of us in here. Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Now, when the Word of God throws in stuff like the Italian Regiment, it just doesn't throw those in there to take up time and space. The reason it's highlighting the Italian Regiment, this guy was a Gentile. He was a non-Jew. And so in their times, this, this was a big deal, okay? Keep reading here about this guy. Verse 2. A devout man. A thoroughly good man. So I'm looking at this, and I see this devout or thoroughly good man. And so I'm thinking, okay, what would qualify us in this room as devout men or women? Thoroughly good men or women. Watch what the scripture says here about how this man was viewed as a devout man. One who feared God with all his household. One who reverenced God. He made a big deal about God. And not only did he make a big deal about God, he included that within his household. It was almost like the passage there in, in Joshua 24, uh, 15, where Joshua said this. He said, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As me and my house, we're going to fear God. We're going to reverence God. So this shows me here that the first quality of this man, he feared God. But not only did he fear God, he brought it into his household. Keep reading. Who gave alms 
generously to the people. And he prayed to God always. So I look at the three qualifications that the word of God described this devout man. He feared God, he gave, and he prayed. What would happen if we begin to live that way? Where we said, man, I I, want to live that way. I want to be a man that fears God. You know, I believe in America right now, we need a double dose of the fear of God. There's people in our society, they, they need to understand the fear of God. Keep reading. Verse 4. Verse 3. About the ninth hour, three in the afternoon of the day, Cornelius saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And when we observed him, he was afraid. I don't know about you. That would be an eye-opener. I mean, you see this big angel coming at you, and he feared. And so he sees this angel coming, and he says this. And he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, this angel, he said, your prayers and your alms, your sacrifices have come up for a memorial before God. Now, read into that, guys, okay? His, his prayers and his giving got heaven's attention. Telling you, when we give and we sacrifice in any form to God, whether it's our time, whether it's our finances, man, God pays attention. Keep reading. Verse 5. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, who his name is Peter. Now, this is what the angel tells him He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea, and he will tell you what you must do. So when you see the phrase there, he'll tell you what you must do, that takes us to Acts chapter 11. Actually, it's Acts 11 verse 14. So turn there to Acts 11, but I'm going to start in verse 13 because he's going to describe what happens. And so remember, this angel's telling this Italian, the Italian stallion, not Rocky Balboa, Cornelius. But he says to him, he said, get this guy named Peter and he'll tell you what you need to know. Tell you what you need to know about what. Okay, here we are, Acts 11, verse 13. And he, Cornelius, told us how he had seen an angel standing in the house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now watch this. Who will tell you words by which you and and, and, and all your household will be saved. So remember, God instructed Cornelius, he said, you got to sin for this guy named Peter. And when Peter comes, he'll teach you the plan of salvation. Now what you see here, the angels don't preach, but mankind does. And so this guy, he knew with what the angel says, that Peter would show him the, the way men are to be saved. And how are men going to be saved? He said, he's going to tell you the words. He's going to preach the word of God to you. And by preaching the word of God to you, You're going to get saved. Now, if you study this out, it happened. His whole household got saved. And so what you see here was this man who was Italian, when he began to hear the word of God, the plan of salvation was revealed to him, 
and God began to work and he got born again. That's what happens with every one of us. So you see one aspect of salvation or one aspect of faith right here, which is salvation. Turn just a couple pages to Acts 14. Now this one's going to be a little lengthy, but we're going to read it, okay? Acts 14, verse number 1. Now it happened in Iconium that they, a guy named Paul and Barnabas, went together to the synagogue of the Jews. And so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and they poisoned their minds against the brethren. And so one of the ways they poison their mind is they, they teach false stuff. So when I'm looking at this, I, I, I realize this with every one of us. Don't allow your mind to be poisoned with false teaching. How do I stay away from false teaching? You got to get in the Word, okay? Learn to get into the Word or make sure Scripture is there. And one of the reasons I highlight that right now, in, in our society, in the United States of America right now, there is a movement across our land that is going against the Word of God. Huge moves. And it, it's, it's crazy what's beginning to happen that people are beginning to take in, uh, human philosophies and the thoughts of mankind, and they say, you know what? It overrides the Word of God. The Word of God's outdated. I'm telling you right now, the Word of God's not outdated. Stay within the Word. And so this can happen. When he warns of this right here, this is still possible. Verse 3. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the Word of His grace. Now, if you were here the, the early part of January, and we called a church-wide fast, which we did, two of the main things we highlighted that God would confirm His word with signs following. When you see right here in verse number 3, who was bearing witness to His word, that is exactly Mark 16, 20. And look at the next part, he says, and witnessing to the word of His grace and granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. That's our second one. That's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. So when you see those things right here in this Bible, we can believe God for those. We can actually pray and say, Father God, we desire for you to confirm your word with signs. We desire the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We welcome that. And so this is exactly what took place. Verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and to stone them. So you got these two guys, Paul and Barnabas, they're teaching the word of God. You know, when you preach the word of God, there's going to be opposition. And here they're preaching the word of God. They want to abuse them and stone them. It's a strong warning for this day even. Keep reading. 
They became aware of it and they fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. Now I want to highlight verse 7. What were they doing in Lystra? They were preaching the word of God. They weren't telling them a bunch of stories. They were preaching the word of God. Verse 8. Now this is where it gets good. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. So I begin to look at at verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, and even verse 10. And Paul did three things. I want to highlight the three things Paul did. Number one, he speak the word of God to this man. Number two, it said that he looked intently upon him and he could tell the man had faith to be healed. There must have been something going on with that man that Paul realized. This dude's ready to act on the word of God. And then the third thing, you know what Paul did? Paul said with a loud voice, stand and walk. And so those were the three things that Paul did. But now we got to go back and we look at verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. And we say, so what did this lame man do to walk? So we go back and we look. The first thing he did, he heard the word of God. And because he heard the word of God, and Paul looked intently upon him. And he, he knew that he had faith to be healed. So you know what that tells me? Not only did he hear the word of God. He received the word of God. He believed what was being spoken to him. And then the third thing that took place, when Paul said loudly, stand up and walk, he obeyed what he said. He didn't say, duh, I've never walked in my life. And you're telling me, no, he acted on what the word of God said. So something happens in your life and my life when we begin to hear the word of God and we listen to it, we receive it, we welcome it, we obey it. God moves in our lives. Keep reading with me, verse 11. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices in a Lyconian language. The gods, and look at that. It's little g. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas, they call, the word means Jupiter. And Paul, it means Mercury because he was the chief speaker. Now, you got to understand, these people here that he's ministering to, they were heavenly involved in Greek and Roman mythology. They were into witchcraft. And so when they see this taking place, they're saying, the gods have come down. So keep reading here. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gate, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. They're going to sacrifice to these false gods. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran among the multitude, crying out and saying, men... Why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you. 
we're just like you. We have weaknesses just like you. We have experiences just like you. We have feelings just like you. Keep reading. We also are men with the same nature to you. And we preach to you that you should turn from these useless things, these empty things, these futile things, these frivolous things, to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in it. And so you know what they're telling them? you got to dump this God named Zeus. you got to get rid of him. He's useless. So I'm looking at that phrase where he said, we have the nature just like you. When I look at that, if you were here a week or so ago, James 5, 17, we talked about the man named Elijah, and it says he had the same nature as us. But remember this guy named Elijah, he's the one who said it won't rain for three plus years and it did rain. And then he came back and said it's going to rain and it did rain. And then I look at this passage here and this guy named Paul, he preaches the gospel to him. He understands he has faith to be healed and he says stand and walk. And so you know what he's telling me and you? We're just like Paul. If I get a hold of the word of God and I believe God. And I stand like God, just like God answered Elijah's prayers and just like God answered Paul. God will move. God has a desire to move. I want you to go with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, this is what we'll end with tonight. So again, you see the second aspect of faith tonight. Man, when I begin to trust God. I begin to believe God and I begin to stand on the things of God. And again, there's times when we look at the word of God, we, we, we don't fully understand. We say, how could that work? That doesn't make any sense. God said for us to lay hands on the sick in Jesus' name and they would recover. Why would we do that? Because the Bible tells me to. And so again, when I just obey the word of God, something begins to happen. Even though it doesn't always make sense up here. It'll make sense in here. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. And he said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news, the life changing power of the gospel of Christ. He said, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to tell you I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed to declare you in the public. I'm not ashamed to pray to the Lord Jesus in public. I remember as a young believer, when we started believing the Word of God, and we realized, you know what, we need to be praying over every meal. So we're in the restaurant. Man, we, we love to grab hands when we pray. As we grab hands in that restaurant, we begin to pray. And it was one of those pirate prayers. I had one eye open looking like, who's looking around here? Well, you know what? That stuff doesn't bother me anymore. I, I, I don't care where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not doing that to entertain or please people. I love Jesus enough, and I'm not ashamed of him. And so Paul said, I'm, I'm not ashamed. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the word of God, the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For it has power of God to salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. It. What is the it? The good news or the word of God is the it. And within the it is the power of salvation. But within it, the power of the word of God is to do exactly what the word says it'll do. And so something happens when I begin to get a hold of it, the word of God. And I place high premium upon it. And he goes on to say, it is salvation for who? For everyone who believes, for the Jew first, but also for the Greek or the Gentile. That's good news for me and you. If you're not a Jew, that's really, really good news for us. So I'm looking at this passage right here. And there's a translation called the Schofield Bible. And the Schofield Bible, when referring to this verse, the Greek and the Hebrew word for salvation in this passage, it literally means this. This is incredible. It implies the ideas of salvation, deliverance, safety, healing, and soundness. So when I begin to look at that in, in the Schofield Bible, it would read like this. Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation. It's the power of God for deliverance. It's the power of God for safety. It's the power of God for healing. And it's the power of God for soundness. To everyone who will believe. Wow. What a promise. Verse 17. For in it, there it is again, the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Bible. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And when you see the righteousness of God here, that's God's way of justifying sinners. That's all that's talking about. It's how God justifies sinners. You know what the verb justified literally means? Just if I'd never sinned. Just if I'd never sinned. But I have sinned. That's why we go to Jesus and ask us to forgive us. And according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, Because of Jesus Christ, we are the righteousness of God through Christ. I'm qualified as righteous in God's eyes. Not because of me. Just because I'm a child of God. I've received Jesus. So it goes on to say, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's interesting to me, he didn't say from faith, he said from faith to faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. And so when we think about it in this sense, look how he ends this, because he ends and says, it is written, the just shall live by faith. Do you know what he's telling us? i got to get a hold of this thing called faith. The only way I can please God is through faith. That's Hebrews eleven six. And so if I'm to live by faith, that means I've got to be a student of the Word of God. I've got I to keep getting in the Word of God. And I like to say this about the Word of God. The Word of God is buried, it's like buried treasure. Sometimes you've got to dig for it. You get in there and you get an appetite for it. And again, you want to see God's will for your life? Just read the Word. The Word of God is God's will and God's will is His Word. And something begins to happen when I get a hold of the Word of God. And it will begin to change you. I don't care who you are. 
Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.